Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, this is Marnie Fredberg and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. So happy to have you along with us today for this special program on holiday strategies to keep you sane. Our guest today is Beth Bigman. She's going to be sharing the first half hour stuff, and then during the second half hour, I'll be sharing with you some hassle-free holiday shortcuts from the boot camp and uh, explaining how you can keep your head staying around all the to-dos. Our first half hour, though, we're going to focus on ways to keep Christ in the center of Christmas. And I always uh, think it's important to remember that the word Christmas actually is Christ and then the um, suffix mass, and that it is a time to celebrate Jesus' birth, and we have to keep that in the middle of it, or we have missed the entire purpose. So uh, during this first half hour, Beth is going to share with us a simple 30-second strategy for increasing your joy, the easiest way to focus on Christ all season long, the character quality of God that most inspires holiday peace, a counterintuitive option that skyrockets your own joy, a practical way to tap into God's peace as well as the one thing you must take time to do during this holiday season. Beth Bigman is an author, one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com, and a blogger who challenges women with biblical truth. And you can learn more about her at her website, bethbigaman.com, and that's B-I-N-G-A-M-A-N.com. Welcome to you, Beth. Thank you so much, Marnie. I'm so happy to be here and um, looking forward to this. Nothing well, more I know. than keeping Christ in Christmas. <laughs> That's right. I know that you and I arrived at our uh, our current situation because we felt frustrated at some point that holidays were becoming all about the stress. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we both kind of experienced that same kind of thing earlier. And we're both here to tell you listeners that it is possible to go through the holidays and really enjoy time with Jesus as well and keeping him in the center and as the focus. And that's you have a simple 30-second strategy for increasing joy that you wanted to start us off with. So go ahead and give us that right away. And, you know, it's the simplest of all. It is just looking for the blessings in every circumstance in our lives. And think at Christmas, we're constantly thinking about money. We're constantly thinking about the work of decorating or cooking or baking. It just adds up. But if we're paying attention, God is always putting out these little blessings. I I think of butter is already soft when I'm ready to cook cookies, all these little things. My husband comes in and says, listen, let me take the kids out shopping. Oh, yeah, okay, that'd be great. God just pours his little blessings, and when we take that moment, 30 seconds, maybe even more than we need, to just thank him and praise him. Maybe write it down, but if not, just take it in the moment and look for the blessings because they're there. Oh, yeah, that's great. And it does just take, it can even just take 10 seconds at a time. I mean, it can really change. It really changes things just to say thank you. In fact, I had a situation, I think it was about two weeks ago now, and I was under a lot of stress. And, you know, life can be really stressful. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had a lot of external stress coming at me. And I was just, you know, I was doing my normal go-to, which is Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> and at one point, at one point, I thought I should just add, I should just add the two words, thank you, to that. Mm-hmm. 
So I just started saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And just even that little change uh, helped so much because it focused my attention on what he was doing for me instead of only on what I was experiencing as a stress or something that he maybe wasn't doing for me that I wanted him to. Uh, so so I love this concept of just yeah. taking 30 seconds and praising God and being grateful for the blessings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I was thinking about, it's kind of like looking up at the stars at night. It just mm-hmm. takes a second to do it, but it yeah. changes your perspective right in that moment. You and doesn't realize that how- just point you to the creator? It's such beauty that it takes your breath away sometimes and can refresh you yeah. just in that moment. Mm. Yep, I, I agree. Yep. Yeah, eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. So look for the blessings <laughs> and be <great>. grateful. <laughs> you also have a, a, our easiest way to focus on Christ all season long. What's that? And that is background music. Just keep the praise music uh-huh. going. There, I often think at Christmas we overlook that verse in Luke 2, Luke 2.20, I think, that says that when the shepherds left the child, they left glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. Well, hasn't God also shown us his son and his son in us? And should we not also be praising and glorifying God? And with all this external stress, as you call it, that's a great way to look at what we do at Christmas to to remind the internal that Christ is still there and he's still great and he's still on the throne and to sing those songs of worship. And there's some such beautiful music out there now uh, coming out more and more. The old, the familiar are wonderful and they're soothing and they they're, uh, bring back all those wonderful memories of Christmas as a child. But then there's all this new music that's also extremely worshipful in times when you're just in the kitchen with your hands in the dough. Things that lift you up and not bring you down. I think to me the beauty of music is that it it pulls in the right brain and it touches us in a way that our to-do list and all of that kind of stuff doesn't touch us. And even when you're doing something that's real left brain, having music playing in the background and just having it come into our spirit. Another thing that I do that's kind of like uh, in the same category is to light a candle. When I'm doing something that's extremely stressful, um, not usually baking or something like that, but if I have to do, like like for me, uh, crunching numbers for uh, my, you know, bookkeeping tasks is not easy. I don't enjoy that. And so I will often just light a candle and have that flickering over on the side. And as my eye catches that candle – it takes me to a different place than I was when I'm totally in my left brain. So it just the music is such a great idea for keeping yeah. keeping the focus without actually putting your mind to it. You know, it's just there playing. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about next is about the character quality of God that most inspires holiday peace. And the thing the thing I love about like music or candles is that it pulls it pulls us into the awareness that Christ is with us because God is always with us, but it's our conscious mind that forgets that. So our heart knows that, but our conscious mind can get overwhelmed by many things and these small things can really make a difference there. So out of all God's character qualities, which is the one that (laughs) most inspires holiday peace? Well, 
I think it's in that light in your candle. It's that it's his omnipresence. It's that he's always there. Wherever we go, he as a believer in Jesus Christ, he's in us, his Holy Spirit. And and I laugh to myself because I think sometimes, you know, I'm dragging the Holy Spirit through this bad attitude, uh, <laughs> grumbling, grumbling oh. over a cashier who's working too slowly or a family member who hasn't done it the way I think it ought to be done. And, and sometimes just that reminder that he's there and he's in me and he will prick my spirit and remind me that, you know, my attitude counts and it shows on the outside, not just the inside. And so I think that to remember that presence, I I really did when you were talking about that flickering candle, I thought just in the corner of your eye, is that not what you're seeing? The light in the darkness of whatever we're experiencing (laughs) in the moment. I, I also think that because of that, in those moments, he enables us to, he calls it, take every thought captive. You know, this woman who's standing in front of me working too slowly for me has had a long day with grumpy customers. Am I going to be her next grumpy customer or am I going to shed that light on her? I often uh, love to teach women to preach to their hearts what they know to be true about God and all these verses that we know if we will consciously remember that God is always with us, that he's going to be our ever-present help, that we can't serve him and money, that we need to hone our focus onto what he would have us do. It sounds stressful, but it brings such relief that I think in the end it's a very uplifting thing to do even when we're out in the middle of the public and things aren't looking so good around us we remember he's right there with us he never leaves us nor forsakes us Uh, I love that Uh, I have this thing that I've been doing as that 20 I did a couple 21 day wins on it um, and by the way, those start the first week of every month. So uh, check those out Which over at very good for me a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever you need it, get it. Uh, so yeah. I've done a couple of them now, where I just capture every NGHT. Which, if you add an I in there, it spells the word night. But uh-huh. it means, it's referring to the dark thoughts, the non-God honoring thoughts, and to oh. just capture them. And I actually do these, uh, I've done it twice with 21 Day Wins now, and it's pretty much of a habit now, so I don't, I don't know if I'll need to do another one. But um, where, where when a non-God-honoring thought comes to mind, I just capture that and I throw it to Jesus. I just cast it away. Just throw it right out of my brain. And mm-hmm. what's beautiful about that is it turns the darkness into light. So what happens mm-hmm. is these, these, these thoughts that you were talking about capturing – these thoughts come in and they threaten to steal our joy. They threaten to steal our peace because they're not true. They're based on some kind of a lie or a falsehood or even um, a false belief in God somehow. And I love how you worded this. You said, preach to your heart what you know to be true about God. Oh, that Mm -hmm. is an amazing way to say that. That is so beautiful. Really, really cool. Well, you have a counterintuitive option that can skyrocket our joy. So so what is that? Well, at Christmas, we think about what we're going to get, but there's also what we're going to give. And I think it can start as early as every day of the year. (laughs) 
that we would be givers and that we would be cheerful givers, that we give compliments to other people, that in in that line at the store or wherever we are, that we try to be the one to pour the good in that we look at that cashier and we have mercy on her and acknowledge something good that she's done. Some, uh, you know, I can see that you're trying really hard. Just give that compliment that boosts someone else day because that will boost our own day. I think it's interesting. Again, we look at um, Christ was good news of great joy. Do we think about the good news and great joy that we could give someone else, even in the simplest way, even in our attitude? We want to offer joy. We don't want to be the one that they dread seeing coming into their store or whatever. I'm sure as you, you know those customers, you see them come and go, oh, no, she's back. We don't want to be that woman. We want to be the one that they're like, oh, there's that great lady. I want to be her. Um, I always think that it's so encouraging to even see or overhear those kinds of things. So we aren't just talking to the one person. If there's a line, other people hear and see that and are more likely to imitate it. And so we've kind of spread that giving a little more than we may even even know. And I think there's just great blessing in that. There's a peace that God gives us when we bless someone else. It's uh, almost so that simple. And I and think it, it really takes our minds it, off of our own issues. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, right. Well, that's so true. It does take our mind off of our own trouble. I mean, really, to give is more blessed than to receive. And you yes. get that blessing a lot of times immediately. Um, it was interesting. Yes. Okay, so at our store and our restaurant, we have we have wonderful customers. But for the most part, our custom, we don't have customers. Are we just seeing? We just have these awesome people that come and shop with well, us. Well, praise God really for that. Blessing, right? <laughs> but I was at a store as a customer not too long ago, and I said something nice, just like this, that what we're talking about. I just said something mm-hmm. nice to the cashier, and she put down her she kind of put her hand down on the counter, and she looked at me and she said, "You are not my average customer." You are so nice. And I thought, wow, you know, you guys, it just doesn't take all that much right. to make a big difference in somebody's day. And it can just it, be being really polite. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I also think that we don't recognize we're giving when we pray for other people, when we remember what God has done in the past, when we pray for that person. That person doesn't know we've given to them But remembering them before God, remembering his plan, what he has in mind for for man, and even sending Christ as our Savior, that we remember the gift of him taking our punishment, that we remember all the good that he's done for me personally, for this other person, and we praise him for it, and we pray for that person. It just gives such a sense of relief. Again, partly I think because we've we've obeyed a command to pray. We're recognizing God's faithfulness, so we're going to remember that he will then be faithful to us as we've been faithful in prayer. And then I think he gives us very clear 
confidence and security in whatever it is he wants us to do so that if we are in some kind of turmoil, if we are just exhausted, if we don't know which way to turn or which job to do next or which person to call next, that if we take that moment to just stop and pray and pray for the person we're about to interact with, that God will honor that in our own relief, in our own joy, in our own peace that he gives us as we turn to him. It's a reliance on him that we're willing to give him and acknowledge his complete sovereign control in every detail, no matter how small. I think sometimes we think, okay, I got this one, God. But really we need him, even in that interaction with other people. My husband and I learned years ago that it changes our interaction with each other when we start our time talking about something with prayer. And that can even work for you when the other person doesn't pray with you. If you just pray yourself with God before you talk to them, it changes your interaction. And I think the reason that I've uh, kind of, I don't know, come to the conclusion that I think the reason that it changes it most is because it, it brings us to the foot of the cross at which point we're all equal, we are all um, sinners saved by grace or needing grace, and it extends, it allows us to extend God's grace to others in a way that we wouldn't do if prayer wasn't involved in the exchange. And so I love that as part of giving is to pray for people. Also, you right. were talking about, um, you know, doing things for somebody else as a way to, you don't have to just give oh. them gifts, but, you know, just do something for them. What are What are some thoughts there? Well, I think that, you know, you we spend hours baking and we know that there's a mother of three down the street who's trying to do work and raise her children. You know, a couple dozen cookies to that household, would that not be a gift? Just trying to think a little bit outside the box of what someone else needs or, or would just enjoy at this time of year, any time of year, to to think about the woman who needs the ride or the one who maybe needs that extra $10 that's just sitting in your wallet waiting to, you know, be spent on pizza or something that you could easily sacrifice. I say that in quotations because that's for a lot of us, $10 isn't a big sacrifice, but for someone else, it might be a great blessing, simple little things that add to someone else's joy that bring just that great joy to us because we get to watch what God does in blessing someone else. I'm, I, my mind is drawing a complete blank for some other illustrations. Um, well, I was just I, thinking as you were talking about taking, you know, taking a gift or uh, spending money too, there, there's just simple ways too to actually act in service of others. I was thinking about opening a door for somebody, holding the door, um, taking their cart back while you're taking yours. Can I just take your cart too? I mean, just simple things. Once again, mm-hmm. you know, back to the back to the clerk um, in the store who said you're not my average customer. Right. You know, it just it just doesn't take all that much to extend the love of Christ to those around us. And sometimes he asks us for everything you know, lay your life down. Um, Other times he just asks us to be aware and to just notice that there are things we can do for the people around us that no one else has done so far. 
is it not just considering others more important than yourself? That there are times when we're so consumed by our own agenda that, you know, we're thinking I got to get in that store and I'm going to get this list. When a brief sweep of the parking lot may tell you exactly what you need to do. Lift a bag for somebody, push the cart. Yes, I agree that those are wonderful that do bring joy to someone else. I had my three grandchildren at the grocery store the other day and I'm juggling them in and around this cart. And a man just came over and said, can I get that for you? I was thrilled. I was absolutely thrilled. Yeah. Yes, you may. Right. So simple thing. Right, yeah, right. You know, this is a couple of days later and you're telling me this story. I mean, that's how profound it is for somebody to do something simple mm, for exactly. us. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know? So I, I just think, I think we minimize it. I think, I think we come to believe in our own heads that it doesn't matter. But those things yeah. really do matter. You know, and you have another one under this giving category that you say, you know, one of the things that you like to give, uh, especially during the holidays, but all the time, is to tell a story of something that God has done for you, to actually share something that's brought you joy, uh, a gift from God to yeah. you, with somebody else who may need a word of encouragement. Which I think, again, is another example set for us the shepherds left and they went and they told people this joyful news. And I think we have those stories. And sometimes we think, you know, it was our salvation, but when we're paying attention, when we're looking for those little blessings, we have those stories to tell, even in the simple little, someone took my card and let me just deal with the three children. Simple things that God does for us because he's aware of every need that we have. And when we glorify him in that, we receive the blessing in that. Just telling the story can remind us of God, who God is and his attributes and how good he is to us in these little things and in the big things. Big, big stories are good to tell, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to go back to your phrase, preach to your heart what you know to be true about God. Mm -hmm. And when somebody tells me a God story, a God sighting, you know, something that God just did for them or that God did for them recently, it helps me to preach to my own heart what I know to be true about God. Yes. Oh, if God can do that for you, God can do what I need for me. You know, and uh, that, that what God has done for others, he can do for you. I, I love that. I love that principle and I love that truth. And yeah. God is so How many merciful. times does he tell us, remember, remember, remember. Remember. And all those things remind us. To really Absolutely. remind us to remember. <laughs> yeah, you know, the for other sure, thing that sure. I thought about, sorry, the other thing I thought about under the prey is prior to so many families who have trouble most of the time have more trouble at the holidays, at Christmas time. And I think to take that time to pray for God to pour out his spirit in your home before people arrive or before you walk into someone else's house and ask him sometimes maybe to hold our tongue or to loosen our tongue, to say things in a gracious way, to give us kind words, to be very specific in our prayer about how we want to interact with the people that God is bringing us in touch with through the Christmas holidays. I think that can be a very powerful tool because it puts God to work in us and it helps us to remember those things that we do need from him before we get into a situation where we're already in and we're in trouble. I love that. So speaking of that, then what's a practical way to tap into God's peace? 
Well, the most practical way, I think, is I, I call, you call it the beauty of a budget. It's budgeting not just our money, but our time, being willing to say no if we already have too many things on that schedule, to, to say, I just cannot do that. I'm not going to be able to get that done. People really don't die when we say no. We seem to think that no one else will do this. But the truth is that God will provide that person if we say no. I think we, we tithe, I, again, in quotes, both our time and our money before the Lord. And so if we're willing to say, okay, I need to set this time aside so that I can do the things I have to do and not the things that people want me to do, that I can arrange my priorities so that I am spending both time and money. I think we think we can't buy the cheaper version of something or we can't buy less when we can buy less or less expensive. If it means we're not going to have this weight of debt hanging over us for another, you know, six, six or 12 months until I do it all over again, that we can get some peace through just thinking about what we're going to spend and sticking to that, being willing to say, nope, not going over that budget. It's hard to do, but it's a huge relief when we have done it. I like that word, relief. I think it is. It is such a, it is such a comfortable place to be in the, in the plan of God. And you know, like walking Amen. with Jesus through the spending, whether it's your time or your money, uh, where you're just walking with Jesus, and you knew that if he was there in that moment, you had this confidence, yes, he would have, he would have, he would have winked and smiled and said, good one. Or he, you know, yeah. instead of every time you're buying something, cringing just a little bit, thinking, ah, I probably shouldn't do this, but, you know. I mean, right. there's just such a different level of enjoyment there. And, Amen. And, it's it, a freedom, and it's available. It? And it's available to us. Yeah, right. Well, we just have a couple minutes left of this segment here. So you have one thing that you must take time to do during the holiday season. What's that? Ponder these things in your heart. Mary watched all of these things happening. She, She watched and participated in the birth, obviously. And then the shepherds came and she saw the star and she's seeing that she's in a manger and she pondered these things. And I think that we need to learn to take that time. I call it my Mary time. Leave the Martha stuff behind. It will get done. You will have time. Take the Mary time to sit at the feet of Jesus and just ponder these things. Read his word. I also think that in this season, we often think, well, you know what? I'll let the husband and the children or whoever go to church and I'll stay home and get something done. And I think often we eliminate the very thing that will nourish our souls, that if we would go and take that time to sit with the Lord, to worship him, to listen to the music, to listen to the words of the sermon and just let the Lord give us whatever it is he has for us in that time. He has this magnificent way of just expanding our time when we are willing to do what he tells us to do. And he tells us not to forsake the gathering of believers. So it's a time of encouragement for us, a time that he pours in and gives us new resources to draw on. And we say, yeah, I'll get back to that, but I'm too busy. I think we're wrong when we do that. I think he will expand that time for us if we're willing to give it to him. He's way more generous than we are. <laughs> oh, that's 
so great. Well, Beth, this has been a quick half hour, but you just have a lot of great stuff in here. So helping us keep Christ in the center of Christmas. Beth, if somebody goes over to your website over at BethBingaman.com, what are they going to find over there? They're going to find my blog. I blog Tuesdays and Fridays. They can sign up and get that right into their email box. I also, my passion is to speak and teach the word of God. And so they'll find um, my speaking topics and a sample of my teaching if they want it, which they can also see on ChristianWomenSpeakers.com, of course. And, um, and that's it. That's about who I am. My, my uh, bio is also there. That's great. You have a new book coming out. I do. Intentional Influence, A Biblical Woman's Guide to Mentoring. I'm very excited. It's almost ready. Probably be out in January. Oh, that's awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for being here. Love knowing you you and watching Jesus shine through your life. So thanks for sharing this time with us. Thanks. I'm I'm looking forward to the circle diagram. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. (laughs) All right, and thank you guys. We're going to take a little break here, and we're going to come right back and talk about some hassle-free holiday shortcuts, including the circle diagram that can help save you time, money, and stress, how to rank and delegate to retain sanity during the holiday season, when and how to let traditions go without hurting anyone's feelings, an easy way to enjoy holiday meal components without overeating, and how to apply the love rule to your holiday choices and more. We'll be right back. Let's talk about boot camps, webinars, expos, group coaching, and stuff like that. I love investing into your life at every opportunity, so I host group coaching programs plus frequent expos, webinars, and boot camps. For example... Visit www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's one of the sites that's under the umbrella of Marnie.com. Over there, you're going to find 80 individual 15-minute interview MP3s with authors of women's Bible study books. So the next time you're choosing a Bible study book for yourself or your group, visit BibleStudyExpo.com and actually meet the authors and hear why they wrote that book. It's available anytime you have time over at BibleStudyExpo.com. Another thing you'll find at Marty.com are the MP3s, PDFs, and PowerPoints of all previous boot camps, so you can tap into that training in your spare moments. No need to show up on a particular day because everything's available to you anytime you have time. And be sure to take advantage of the monthly group coaching program. I personally have paid $600 for group coaching like this, but I offer it free as part of the mentorship program or a la carte for just $99 a month. My heart is to help you succeed at reaching your God-given goals as soon as possible. So join us each month for 21-day group coaching. All of this and more is available to you at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg, and you're joining us for a program today we're calling Holiday Strategies to Keep You Sane. And during this segment, I'm going to share some of my favorite holiday strategies, hassle-free holiday strategies from the boot camp called Hassle-Free Holiday Planning Boot Camp. And what it includes, the boot camp actually includes two hours worth of online MP3s and a workbook that helps you go through and really organize yourself. And if you're a member of Barney.com, you get that for free. If you're not a member, you just go over and click on uh, store products and it's right under there and you can uh, get that today and get going on it. What's cool about it is that once you do it one time, next year when you do it, it gets easier and easier and easier. And this is really a terrific way to get a jump on the holiday season and to 
uh, really take responsibility for it. Um, I, during the in the promotional pieces that I do for it, I talk about, you know, you as a mom or you as a woman, people are watching you. Uh, children are watching you. Your young adult children are watching you. Whoever is watching you, and are you really modeling the kind of behavior? as a planner during the holidays, as the person responsible for planning your holiday season, are you modeling the kind of behavior that you hope that they will engage in during the holidays? And if you don't feel like you're ready to do that yet, then take the boot camp because this is really going to help you to do this in just a couple hours. I'd say it's an investment of about two hours, and it will save you 20 hours and $200 for sure, probably a lot more than that, plus it'll be a lot more fun. (laughs) So... I want to start with explaining to you a circle diagram that can help you save time, money, and stress. So if you have a piece of paper in front of you, just draw a circle like a pie and cut it into eight pieces, just eight pie pieces. Uh, Pie slices there. And you're going to go ahead and label each of these pie slices. So the first one is going to be holiday traditions and events. The second pie slice is going to be personal time and rest. So your first pie slice was holiday traditions and events. Second one is personal time and rest. Your third pie slice is personal diet and exercise. And your fourth pie slice is healthy family meals. So we've got holiday traditions and events, personal time and rest, personal diet and exercise, and healthy family meals. On the other side of the pie, you have four more pie slices. One of those is holiday meals and party plan, party hosting, holiday meals and party hosting. Another one is gifts, gifts, uh, G-I-F-T-S, gifts. Another pie slice is trees and home decorating. And the final one is Christmas cards or letters. So I'm just going to run through those real quick. So you have a pie with eight slices in it. And the first slice is holiday traditions and events. The next one is personal time and rest. The next one is personal diet and exercise. You've got the fourth slice is healthy family meals. Number five is holiday meals and party hosting. Six is gifts. The next one is tree and home decorating. And the last high slice is Christmas cards and letters. So what you're going to do right now is you're going to pretend like the center of this pie where all the pieces meet right there in the middle is the target. That's like um, the middle of it is a zero. And if you go, I should have said target because that's the opposite. But if you go out to the outside edge, the outside edge is a 10. So the center of the pie is a zero score. Uh, You know, up just a little bit is maybe two points, four points, six points, eight points. And then the outside edge is a 10. So right now in your own pie circle, you're just going to take a moment and you're going to give yourself a score. In these categories, how well do you think you're doing? And I don't want you to go by how far you're done with your gift shopping or anything. I want you to go by how you feel like you're doing as a trainer, a mentor, an uh, older woman, whatever you want to consider yourself as. If someone's looking at this particular area of your life and they're going to model behavior during the holidays after yours, what score are you going to give yourself? So, for example, on holiday traditions and events, how do you do with that? Are you just totally stressed out? You might give yourself a two there or a zero. Uh, maybe you avoid them, again, a low score. But maybe you have a good balance and you, you feel good about your holiday traditions and events. It's not over much, but it's not 
you know, none. And you, when you go, you enjoy it. When you do it, you enjoy it. You know, what's your score there, zero to ten? So just take a minute and kind of color in, color in these uh, pie slices according to how you feel like you are doing in that category. I'm going to just play some music for you here for about 60 seconds, and then we will be right back. And so right now what you're doing is you're going around the circle and you're coloring in either a low score down by the middle if you feel like you need a lot of help in that area, or a high score all the way out to the edge if you feel like you're doing great. Okay, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to work on that. I'll be right back. Okay, this is Marty, and hopefully you've had a time to uh, color in your pie chart a little bit. And what you're going to see is that you're going to have some high scores, some medium scores, some low scores. And what happens is when you go through the holidays with a jagged edge like that, it's like riding a bicycle with a flat tire. So on your high score sections of your bicycle wheel, you're just going great. But then all of a sudden you hit a zero or a two or even a four, and it's like ka-clunk, a ka-clunk, ka-clunk. And you start, feeling, you start feeling like everything is awful, like you're not doing any. But if you look at your pie chart right now, you probably are doing at least a few of these categories well, and you're probably doing several of them pretty well. Uh, your goal is to bring up those low scores until you feel like you have balance in those areas in your life where, okay, maybe this year you can't become the person who's going to train it, and maybe you would never want to anyway. But you can at least come to peace in those categories. So how the boot camp is laid out is that you just go to the categories you need the most help with first. That's where you start. And then afterwards you can listen to the audios and the shortcuts in the other categories that you're already nailing, that you got down, that you're already doing well in and you have a lot of peace in. So this balance wheel is going to help you to know where to prioritize, and that's going to save you time, money, and stress because you can focus in on the weak points, and then you can just go with what you already are good at. So the next thing I want to talk about is how to rank and delegate to retain sanity during the holiday season. And the one example I'm going to use is tradition. So uh, what you in the, in the boot camp, but you can do it on a piece of paper, but in the boot camp you just take a piece of paper, and um, you have some, some columns on the paper. So on the left side, you list the exact tradition that your family does. Like maybe you go and cut down your own Christmas tree every year. Or maybe you have a cookie baking on the third, the third Friday or whatever it is. All these traditions. So the traditions. Next to the tradition, you have a, skinny, a couple skinny little cap columns. 
And the first one is how much does it cost? Put down the actual money. And then how much time does it take? Put how much, how many hours or whatever it takes or how many minutes it takes to do it. And then the final column is for who cares. Uh, that's like who in your family or who in your life really, really values this particular tradition. I remember the first time that I did this, and uh, I was so amazed. There were things that I was doing every year that nobody cared, not even me. And it was so fun because I could just cross those things right off the list, and I never have done them since because actually nobody cared. I could just drop the tradition. It was just that. It was only a tradition. It was no longer a value, but I hadn't realized that. Then there were some categories in there for me that only one person cared. I remember my daughter really cared about a certain thing, and I asked her one year, I said, um, Karen, I don't think I'm going to have time to do, you know, blank this year. I'm wondering if you would be willing to take that up. And she was like, oh, sure, and she did. And she did such a great job, and she had so much fun doing it. What's really important is that when you find that there's only one or two people who are invested into a tradition, don't throw the tradition out because there's only one. That would have made her feel terrible if I said, well, you were the only one that cared. Well, now she feels like a heel. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that was so rude of you to say that because it really would have been rude and insensitive. If someone cares, well, then still value the person who cares but that doesn't mean that you have to do all the work yourself. An illustration I use is the taffy pole. So if on Christmas Eve you guys always do the taffy pole and the kids get involved and it's so much fun and funny, but it's a really lot of work to organize it. And you really think in the end that it's only Uncle John and Aunt Sarah who care. So you call Aunt Sarah and you say, you know, Aunt Sarah, my, I am so swamped this year, but I know you guys really love the taffy pole on Christmas Eve. Would you be willing to take charge of that this year? Most of the time, here's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear, oh, it's okay, honey. We really don't care that much about it. We just think it's awfully cute. Okay, if you have honored the person with the ability to either pick it up or for them to delegate it to someone else and they choose not to, Now's the time to release the tradition. Okay, you don't have to do it anymore. Isn't that awesome? So you either want to delegate it to the person who wants to do it or you want to find out if maybe it's true that really nobody is invested. When you take time to rank and delegate the different things that you're doing during the holiday, you are going to find that you have so much more time, so much more energy, so much more peace and even more dollars left at the end. Another thing that I really encourage you to do, and again, in the boot camp, there's all the papers for these, all the, all the worksheets that are already created for you. But if you've been doing the holiday meal or maybe Christmas Eve, you know, um, appetizers or whatever, all by yourself, and you have everybody over to your house and everybody just comes and you do it all, it's time for you to rethink this. First of all, um, if you truly love that, and that is what, absolutely turn your turns your crank and you're willing to save and work toward this you know for months or maybe even all year then keep doing it but if you're doing it because well because you've always done it and because nobody else stepped forward to do it now it's now's a great time for you to uh, delegate some of that responsibility and there are wonderful programs online now where you can have 
you can set up your set up your event and, and all these details are in the boot camp, but set up your event and just have people register to bring the rolls or the salads or the desserts or whatever and you maybe make the main dish and, and provide the beverages, however you want to divide it out. You don't have to keep doing all of that again just because you always have. So ranking and delegating is going to really increase your ability to get out from under the things that are no longer necessary or maybe aren't working for you anymore. What's really fun is to watch um, to watch women who have always done it all. You have their little aha moment <laughs> where they realize that there really is help for them and they don't have to continue doing this. I was just actually this morning at the store. I was serving a lady and um, she was buying she was buying gifts for Christmas. And she said to me, I'm not having fun anymore, anymore. And that's when it's time, girls, even before you get to that point, that's when it's time to sit down and rank the importance of the things that you're doing and, and give to other people the things that are no longer important to you and retain for yourself the things that you value, the things that really um, that fit with who you are in Christ. And it's okay to say, you know, I'm, I'm really not wanting to do this anymore. I wonder if there's a different way. And you know what you're going to find is that oftentimes that's the Holy Spirit actually prompting you that it's time for a change. And you may find that you have an incredible change up ahead of you that you didn't even know about. And you are feeling maybe even guilty about not wanting to do this particular thing anymore. Well, that's sometimes how the Holy Spirit prompts you to look at it and to say, you know, those feelings maybe weren't about you being selfish. They maybe were the Holy Spirit saying, you know, it's time for you to not do this anymore. So take time, sit down with Jesus and rank and delegate and see what you come up with. Um, there is also an easy way to enjoy holiday meal components without overeating. And I learned this several years ago and I just love it. So what happened for me was that there were, you know, Christmas was the only time of year that I would have you know, blank to eat, this, this particular dish, that was it. And so you'd go to the holiday meal, and there were maybe three or four of those things that this was the only time you ever got to eat. And so you end up way, way, way overeating. And so what I started doing is I started to make those things, those meal components in advance. So a really great example is the, um, the green bean casserole with the mushroom soup, and a lot of you have had that for Thanksgiving. A lot of you will have it again for Christmas or will just have it for Christmas. That's just a big U.S. tradition. Anyway, what I do now is I make one of those in advance, and for the meal that I'm going to make it for, I just add, um, just add sliced up chicken in with it or to the side, and we can have a big helping of it. Because that's the whole meal <laughs> instead of that's one little tiny component of this big Christmas dinner. So, and then what I do is on the same night that I make the meal using um, a full green bean casserole for our, you know, however many are there that night. And then I make the extra one for Christmas and I freeze that one. Now I've got some of the work of Christmas out of the way because that's already frozen. And at the same time, I've, I've, taken away the need to overeat that particular dish on that day because we already had some and probably even had leftovers to have it another day. So uh, this is one way that you can do this, and you can do this with many things. You can do this with the pies. Make the pies early, depending on what kind of course, but you can make the pies early and you can serve pies 
now, and then the pie can also be served on that day. So it's still kind of fun because you have the big meal combining all of those flavors and tastes into your celebration meal, but you no longer have that sense of needing to really eat so much because this is the only time you'll ever eat them. So I love that one. I want to also teach you the love rule. (laughs) And this is a rule you can apply to your holiday choices and even beyond. And during the boot camp, I only apply it to tree and home decorating. So I'm going to apply it there now, but then I'm going to tell you the extension of it so that you can know um, how to use it in all areas. So the love rule is basically what it sounds like. If you don't love it, you don't do it. So this doesn't work like if you uh, aren't feeling loving toward your child today that you can can just ignore them. That doesn't really work. But during the holidays, there's like when you're decorating your house. So I'll just use the main example here. If I walked into five of my friends' homes this month, very different home and tree decor, um, they're going to do it exactly like they're going to do it. And none of them will do it exactly like me or like each other. And you could say 100, and you would still come up with different home and tree decorations for every house. And so what that means then is that means that your home and your tree are going to be completely different than anybody else's home or tree, no matter how you do it, right? So if you step back from that then and say, why am I doing it like this? Is this really what I want to do? So for me, I started several years ago, I started reducing how much I did uh, on my tree and home decorating at the holidays. And I I can't even believe how wonderful it was this year (laughs) because I was able to really decorate most of it in just one evening. And it was uh, it was incredible to have it down that where it didn't take me a whole weekend plus a day or whatever. It just was really easy, and I love it so much. Now, once again, if decorating your home and your tree are the thing about the holiday season that turn your crank, then go ahead and invest as much as you want to because, honestly, it is your choice. You get to choose, and you should choose those things that bring you joy. And so just because I've reduced mine and really love it at this slimmer level of uh, decoration doesn't mean that you should. Maybe you want to go bigger. I don't know. All I know is that if you apply the love rule, you're going to be really happy while you do the work, and you're going to be really happy with the results, no matter what anybody else thinks. And there's the critical phrase. Um, Chris Tomlin has this phrase that he said, a quote that I love from him, is that uh, performing for approval is no way to live. I love that quote because so many times that's exactly what we find ourselves doing during the holidays is we begin to decorate or to buy gifts or to bake goods or to whatever based on our feelings that it's going to impress somebody else or that we need to do it for someone else's sake. What's really beautiful, you guys, is that we don't. We are living and we should be performing for an audience of one, (laughs) for Jesus Christ. 
And even then, when we're performing, I wrote that whole book last year. It's released, Float Your Vessel. Even when I'm performing for Jesus, I'm not even performing for Jesus like that. It's like God's flowing his love and life through me. So he's the one that inspires it. He's the one that gives me the energy. He's the one that gives me the time. He's the one that gives me the of the money. He's the one that gives me the support. He's the one that gives me the ideas. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, yeah, you're performing for this audience of one, but it was his idea in the first place. And so you really can't let him down. It's like he isn't going to be disappointed. He's going to be pleased no matter what. The love rule is that you are doing it in and for through Jesus Christ and that no matter what anybody else thinks, you love it, <laughs> and God loves it. Now, that's the place to live. If you live there during the holidays with your choices, you are going to have such a beautiful holiday season, and that is truly my heart for you. All of these strategies that I share with you, they are simply to give you enough brain space to be able to spend that time with Jesus that is going to change your whole life. Um, all of these things, if you just use the strategies to find more time to watch TV or something, it's really a waste of energy. But if you use these strategies to grow closer to Jesus, to grow more in the conscious awareness of his presence with you, to allow him to live more through you, that's what my heart is. That is so what my heart is. So the last thing I want to leave with you today then is I want you to um, start this holiday season with the end in mind. So I want you to think about either, you know, maybe December 31st. Let's just say December 31st, and you're going to bed. You know, it's probably now January 1st, early in the morning. You've stayed up and rung in the new year, and you're going to bed, and you're thinking back over the holiday season. And I love this, this practice of starting with the end in mind because it changes how we invest and how we act during something. And you can even do this even for a meeting. You can, like even before this show, um, I, I, w- I had said before this show, I wanted it to be light. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be not guilt-producing, but in fact energy, energizing for you who are listening. So you can do this for the whole holiday season. So, so let's say that it is December 31st and you're crawling into bed and you're thinking back over the holidays. And I just want you to jot down what you want to say on December 31st after this holiday season. So I am grateful to feel blank about myself. What are you going to, how are you going to feel after you've spent all the money, invested all the time, done all the cooking and baking, run all the errands, mailed and shipped all the packages, done all the wrapping, uh, cleaned up everything. How are you going to feel about yourself on December 31st when you go to bed or early morning, January 1st? How do you want to feel that night? Just think about that for just a moment because this is going to change how you go about the next few weeks. I hope that your word for how you want to feel is something like happy, peaceful, satisfied, (laughs) um, even excited, uh, relieved, (laughs) whatever. I hope it's a really good word. I hope it's a word that energizes you and that gives you hope that you can go through the next few weeks and no matter how anybody else perceives what you did, you can feel this way about yourself, about what you did and the choices you made during the holidays. So let's keep going with this then. And I want you to, this is like a goal statement. So,
um, it's December 31st. I'm grateful to feel blank about myself. I did blank this season. So how did you do this season? Uh, fill in a word there that, that would describe how you want to do this season. I did blank this season. I hope, I hope your word is something like great. I did great this season. Maybe your word is better. I did better this season. Maybe your word is I did too much this season. You know, I just wonder, plan to have that be your word? I hope not. I hope that you're going to plan in advance that uh, maybe you would say, I did the right amount this season. What, is it, what are you going to put in there? Here's the next one. First, I took care of me. I stayed within my gift budget of blank. Okay, there's a whole worksheet in the boot camp that is, it auto-calculates it for you so that you can figure out how much to spend. It's so cool, and it's just going to save you so much money and hassle and, like, stress because you're going to know in advance how much you're going to spend, and you're going to be able to find good things for that money. You really will. And so, first of all, you stayed within your gift budget of, and then you would put the dollars in there. The next part of this phrase is, and these two things, taking care of you and staying within your gift budget, these two things greatly reduce my stress. The next sentence goes like this. I'm also excited because to the best of my ability, I behaved in such a way that allowed my family and friends to feel blank toward me. This one is really big because we can hope. We can behave in such a way. We can invest in such a way that enable the people around us to have the opportunity to feel a certain way toward us. We can never force them to feel that way. So that's where you get into the problem of performing for applause uh, or for the approval of others. That's not what we want to do. But we do want to behave in such a way that enables them to feel loving thoughts toward us, grateful thoughts toward us, um, you know, encouraging thoughts toward us, thoughts that are good toward us. And the way that that happens is that they don't feel guilted. They don't feel um, overlooked. They don't feel like I yelled at them in the middle of it because I didn't get enough sleep and I lost my temper. They don't feel um, shunned or they don't feel over uh, like they, they had too much responsibility. So my part of that, is to set it up in such a way that they have the opportunity to feel blessed and that they have an opportunity to feel um, good toward me. And then what they totally up to them, but my part is to set that up. So I hope that makes sense to you, and of course there's more about that in the boot camp. Anyway, your last, your last goal statement phrase is, I feel blank about this holiday season. And I hope your word in there during this time right now when we're talking about how you want to feel I hope your word is awesome, uh, that you feel awesome about this holiday season. You feel grateful. You feel so, so happy. You're looking back and you're like, that was the best Christmas we ever had. That's how I hope you're going to feel looking forward to it, that you can hope for that and you can work toward that. And then in the end, I hope that's what you actually experience. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I hope that you will check out the Holiday Boot Camp because it's going to uh, further develop these concepts and help make sure that you can have a hassle-free holiday as far as it depends on you. I am praying for you. I love you. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time. And until then, meet me over at Marnie.com, M-A-R-N-I-E.com.